Welcome to the Gabe Gallucci Golf Show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gabe Gallucci Golf Show. Today, I've got a wicked guest for you today. This man, Caden Bittner, the most relatable golfer on Instagram. Been following this guy for years, but he's been playing tracks all over my home province of Ontario. But now he's since expanded and he's taken his skills international. Currently in Arizona, uh, setting up a little residency there. And guys, if you haven't followed his page, he's awesome. But I brought him on today to show you just a different side of golf and a definitely more fun side of golf from the looks of it. So without further ado, welcome Caden Bender to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. That was Dude. a great intro. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it lived up to the hype for you. It did. You're becoming a, quite the pro at this already. I'm, I mean, I'm your background with the, uh, the producer side, I'm sure you've, this isn't your first rodeo, more so behind the scenes, I guess, but you're, you're killing it, man. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, dude, appreciate it. Like I, I said, I've been following your stuff for years. I remember like, I think it was probably two, two or three years ago, like all of a sudden I just saw you everywhere on my reels and my for you page. And the, I couldn't get over the quality of your, I, like from the producer music side of me, I think that what grabbed me initially is visually your stuff was so clean The tra- and the tracers were dope. And that was one thing like when I started making content, like I made sure my tracer was different. I was doing it custom in After Effects. Yeah. And I remember seeing your stuff and like just in the monotony of all the golf content, I was like, man, this stuff is crisp and like, it's just so well put together. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Well, f- okay. So a couple things to stem off of that. Um, the shot tracers, I used to watch uh, random golf club. I don't know if you ever watched Eric Anders Lane. Yeah, hundred percent. So that shot tracer is fully just stolen from them. Uh, it took me honestly way too long to probably 20 hours to, to learn how to do that shot tracer. And it, it was never perfect and it still isn't, but it, it took a while to learn how to do that. And I, you know, you see the other shot tracers out there. I think the shot tracer app and yeah, they're good. They look pretty good. Everyone has it. It's pretty easy. Um, but there's just an, another element of having like the after effects shot tracer. We have to totally. manually do it. It takes a while, but it looks really crisp. And, you know, as someone who's not a great golfer, I'm like, okay, I need some kind of way to like, <laughs> captivate the viewer and the quality is something I try to hone in on and try to perfect. And it's definitely not there, uh, definitely not perfect, but it's something I really did. Uh, I was inspired by a random golf club and I try to make that a thing. So I appreciate you uh, noticing that. That's awesome. Oh, hundred percent. It was like, cause from a production standpoint, exactly. Like, and I think at that time too, the golf content space hadn't really become what it is now. Right. I think now there's yeah. a ton of saturation, I think when you were starting out, it's like the there was a real pre. It actually, you stood out even more because even the good goods hadn't really moved their level up. Like I, there were a lot of times when even those guys were putting out like full YouTube videos without shot tracer sometimes. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so it, it was cool seeing the just like the care and attention to detail on the production side because 100 yeah. percent that's a competitive advantage. So uh, yeah, kudos to you, man. It looks it looks great. Still looks great. Like thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, so, okay, before we jump in any anything else, I actually want to uh, give you a shout out because the reason why a lot of my videos started popping off on Instagram actually was because of you in a weird way. So get this, I know, bizarre. So I was posting videos all the time and you know had a couple thousand viewer followers or whatever. And the whole premise behind me posting to Instagram was literally just to get people 
to funnel from my Instagram to YouTube because I was posting YouTube on YouTube. No one was watching. I'm like, there's got to be a way to draw in more people. And then I was on TikTok and I was, I was somehow your stuff popped up. I'm like, oh, it's Gabe. What the hell? So I go into your page and I think like two or three of your top videos were pinned and they had like a million views each. And it was you hitting like a quadruple bogey or a triple bogey. Yeah, how, how to make super, a quad. How yeah, to make, how yeah. to make a quad. And you're super charismatic about it, like super um, self-deprecating. And I'm like, you know what? I'm running out of content because all I was trying to post was birdies and eagles. And I get those like one in every three rounds and I have no content to post. Let's kind of, uh, you know, get my ego aside here and post some some relatable stuff, some stuff like some holes that are, I also shoot a quadruple bogey or I'm duffing my drive into the water off the first tee or whatever. And so you're actually one of the the main people that kind of <laughs> no bought my, yeah, it's wild, isn't it? That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So I have, uh, have you to thank for me trying to, um, yeah, it's cause it is, it, is, it comes down to just inter- putting yourself on the internet. It comes down to like putting yourself out there. And if you, everyone's everyone at the beginning is always afraid of, you know, putting themselves out there. I would never post my, my golf channel on my personal channel, for example, because I'm like, there's no social credibility behind that. Once you start getting some social credibility, it's easier to post it because you have validation, but it's not easy posting, you know, you hitting a 10 or a 12 on a, on a hole because you, you, you shockingly want people to think you're good at golf. And when you're posting a 10 or 12, you're like, okay, well, now this is my new, uh, this is my new narrative. I'm shit at golf. So, you know, that's too funny. Yeah. I remember like, so I started, I made those, uh, the first one I did that popped off, like Zyre posted it and it was, I think it was how to make, it was how to make a triple. Cause it was when I was doing my under par journey and it was the round where I was, I think I was, I had gotten it back to even, or I was, think I was under going into 17 and, and I made a triple. Oh no. And I was like, I was so mad at myself. But then I was, I was like, man, and I was, I, I kind of felt that same thing too. Is like, there is that ego thing of like, you only want to show the best version of yourself. But then if you can, if there's a way to make light, like everybody hits bad shots. Like nobody is immune to have bad shots. Tiger just shanked one on 18 at Riv. Like everyone, everyone has their moments. So I thought, okay, if I could make content around that, um, I thought that'd be funny. I, I probably should have ran with that a little more than I did. Yeah. I just like, I think for me, I ran it. I got into a weird spot where I was trying to make it about getting better. But then when I would show bad stuff, I would get this barrage of hate. Like it was like just insane. The amount of hate. TikTok's and, funny for that. Though. Oh man. I, and I would have people like Googling my men's night scores and trying to send them to me. Oh, dude, it was, it was, it was hilarious. That is hilarious. So I, so I, I was like, I kind of almost decided at that point, actually, like after a couple of those clips went viral, I decided to kind of almost like stop really pushing social and only focus on my, my game and improvement because, yeah. because I, I didn't want to have to explain to people because my, my goal was to get better. Like, I think it depends on what journey you're on for golf. And, uh, and I think for me, my, my goal was to get better and improve. And whenever I would show some of these things, it would just bring the, a weird kind of attention to it. And I, I was like, eh. but I'm glad it worked out for you. Cause that's great. Well, and yeah, like you said though, like then your mindset kind of changed where it's like, okay, I have to become better at golf in order to be relevant or wanted people wanted to watch my stuff online. I, cause I know you 
said, I, I saw it somewhere, I don't know where he said it, but uh, I, it was something along the lines of like, you know, the, the better you get at golf, the better like, your following is going to be. I mean, you have better chances of being on good, good or whatever it may be because those guys don't want to get, you know, the Stevens or the the Caton Bittners, the shitty, like the Birdogies on, on their thing other than the fact that it's somewhat entertaining, relatable, but like people usually typically want to see good golf and, you know, people stay for good golf. So Yes and no, but I think that's where too, as, and that's why I wanted to talk to you is that I do think there is a huge – like I, I'm insane and I need to constantly push myself to, to like, I don't know how to do things passively. I'm a very bad passive hobby person. I've always been this way. Like, it's like, if I like something, I need to go so full down the rabbit hole and like, that's what I need. Right. Um, and I selfishly wish sometimes that I could maybe take the lighter side of things and yeah. so that's why I really love your content and your approach because it's just very light and happy and it's like you enjoy the game and it's like when you have your good days, you're like sweet and when you have your bad days, you're like this is funny and you just keep it moving. So yeah. so that's why I think your stuff is so great and so refreshing and I take a lot of joy out of that because I, I still really love golf. I love the, the improvement journey. I love all those things but there's definitely a big side of me that just also like doesn't want to keep score and just like just wants to have a lot of fun. So so kind of kicking it to you and where you're at, like, how did you go? How did you kind of, cause you had a full-time job and now golf is your full-time job. Uh, oh. How did you kind of go from being a, a nine to five or to like, where did golf fit into your life? And then how did it become what it is now? Yeah. Good question. I mean, so I started off, well, I played golf for since I was like 15 off and on. I started to work at a golf course when I was 15. How old are you now? And, uh, I'm 30, 35 as of a little over a week ago. So. Oh, happy belated. Thank you. Thank you. I'm climbing, I'm climbing up there in years. I'm now mid thirties. So weird to say anyways. So I started, yeah, around 15, 20 years ago. Um, started working at a golf course, Cedar Bray. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Private, I've heard that place is great. Course. Yeah. It's a nice track. It was really, it's honestly working at a golf course in your high school years is the best. It's so fun. Um, not to mention the free golf is awesome, but yeah, the people that you end up, uh, meeting at the golf course are awesome and all that stuff. Anyway. So then I took a few years off, um, of playing off and on pretty much like five days or five times a year or whatever. And then COVID hit and I'm like, you know what? I want to, I, I, I'm getting outside is kind of the only thing similar to a lot of people's stories about social media and golf, to be honest, but going out to the golf course is like one of the only things that you could do at the time. So I was going to the range and watching Eric Anders Lang and his random golf stuff yeah and golf club stuff and I'm like I wonder how he does a shot tracer I just went to the range and just try to figure it out and like I said yeah it took me way too long to admit to figure out how to do that and then um was posting YouTube videos blah 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 and then yeah I guess two two years ago my stuff started uh doing well on Instagram which was really cool and then well I mean, the whole Instagram thing is another topic, but just because of how, how much the app seems to change. But uh, yeah, I started posting it two years ago and it, hit, it started doing well and then um, started getting some brand deals. And like next thing you know, um, well, actually before, before that, it was basically I was working a nine to five. Last year, I wanted to be able to go and travel over the winter 
uh, work remotely while working and play golf. But uh, the my office, when I was working at a structural engineering firm at the time, and they only gave me a month where I can work abroad. So I went to Mexico for a few weeks. And then this year at the end of, uh, when was it? Around September, no, October, November, I decided to pull the trigger. And I asked them if I can go away again this uh, winter to go golfing and work remotely. And they said no. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I have some money saved up. Let's just pull the trigger. And if this stuff doesn't work out in a year or two, and I realize that I, I need a real job again, then so be it. But in the next year or two, I'm going to have the time of my life. And thankfully, I have some brand deals keeping me afloat um, and some partnerships and yeah, man, I'm here in Arizona and it's pretty much sunny every day except for the waste management. <laughs> That's um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's been a fun journey. I mean, you know, who knows how long any of this will last and who knows where this will, with where this route will take me. I mean, I think there are a lot of um, avenues you can end up going or taking um, throughout, through social media and through the golf world. So... I'm I'm not definitely not closing any doors and we'll see where the future what the future holds but uh it's a fun journey nonetheless. Yeah, it's awesome. Like I, I think it's been it's been really cool to see just the growth cuz you know, I guess from you being uh local to me in Ontario, you know, I had the the privilege of kind of you being in my explore feed early. Yeah. And so uh you know, just seeing you kind of grow from, you know, seeing it at TPC and kind of the local spots to now you know, the cool places at Arizona and, and, and all these different places and some of the collabs I've seen you kind of been doing on uh, on Instagram and stuff. Like, it's really cool to see that growth. So it's a testament to work ethic too. Like, I think the people don't, what people may not realize about content is that like people that are successful at content, it's it's not, most of the time it's not an accident. Like it's, it is, there is a work ethic and a process and a, and a, a cerebral element to it. And I think you know, talking about your quality, talking about some of the, the other intangibles that you kind of put into your content on top of the fact that you also have a good personality and an, and an entertaining golf game to watch. I think like, <laughs> you know, like it's like you, because you're like streaky, right? Like, I think that's what's cool too. Like you can go, you uh, let's, let's, let's talk about your golf for a bit. How would you describe your golf game? Oh, streaky is very spot on. Um, yeah, man absolutely horrible at times and surprisingly brilliant at times if i can just yeah figure out my driver is one of my biggest man um, i need to get you up here to see ryan holly for the feet like to, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. ground force stuff the, i think we could solve yeah. your driver but i also like i think you're like undercover a very sneaky good ball striker because yeah the irons were all right but yeah sorry keep going guys no because <laughs> well, one one video to me that like that wrecked my brain was when you did that, when that really, the smallest club video, you did like a a one-hole challenge with that super small club. The pure one golf club. And yeah. you pured Dude. the lights out of that thing. I need, like, I need to actually use that thing. Like, like I've seen you top more than enough drivers and three woods and anything off a tee box. And this thing was pure. I sent you a yeah. DM right after. I couldn't believe, yeah. I, it was... It was like, it was a whole, you were a whole different person. So I'm convinced you just need to put like the smallest blades possible in your bag <laughs> and like, and just, just roll those. Just yeah. go. I think you need to use harder golf clubs. And, and I think you're using for golf clubs that are too forgiving. You're, you're too good of a shot maker for that. 
Well, that's very generous. Um, yeah, I'm sure. You, I mean, it, that was an anomaly. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like that, that was hitting that thing pretty pure that day. I was even shocked. I think I even said in the video I should put this thing in my bag. It was bizarre, but dude, it was it yeah, was so I small. I, could, I couldn't believe how small this thing is. Yeah, it's fifty percent smaller than the normal sized club face or club head. And you crushed it. Didn't yeah, man. Make, I didn't you uh, make birdie on the hole? Or like it was something like no. I think I bogeyed it because I three putted. With okay, that, that's with fine, that but club. right, but the the, first, the two shots on were just disgusting. Yeah, money, and mm-hmm. I was I was just so annoyed. I didn't even care how you put at that point. I was just like, it was just ball flight, ball flight. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, man. But yeah, if I can figure out the driver, and it it is, I mean, I I actually want to like get into your uh, game improvement as well at some point. But if you know the at the end of the day, like. When it does come to like the social media and the golf stuff, and it's, it is hard to balance the two in terms of a you're thinking about the you're filming, b you're 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 thinking about or you're you have to edit these videos, then to tack on you know working a full time job, then tackling trying to get better at golf. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. You have your, you have your social life and your home life and all that totally. stuff as well. It's like hard to balance everything. So you have to like ask yourself what are the important things to you. And I mean, now that fact that I don't have a full-time job, I mean, this is my full-time job. It gives me a little more freedom to, to start getting better at golf. My, I'm staying at Airbnb for the five months I'm in Arizona and the, the bed is absolute dog shit. I don't know if I can swear on this thing. No, you can but, swear. Uh, I'm Italian. Come on, man. <laughs> we let it fly. Yeah, the, the bed fucking sucks. <laughs> um, and my back is just messed, man. So it's been – I've been playing a little less golf than I wanted to just because of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I just posted a, a story yesterday to see if there's any um, uh, instructors out this way and if people had recommendations. And I actually got in contact with a guy out in Dobson Ranch. So I'm going to start Sweet. on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that and getting my game kind of honed in on trying to get better. But at the end of the day, like going back to the whole thing, I mean – Inconsistency is definitely like the the description of my game for sure. And what what handicap do you sit around right now? Uh, I got down to a nine six right now. It's an eleven. Okay. Lots of room for improvement. I mean, yeah. I think my putting is half decent. It could definitely be a lot better. My chipping is half decent. It's just it's just losing balls, man. Right. It's my biggest foul my biggest. foul balls off the tee. Yeah. 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 That that and that's such a soul crusher. It is, but uh, go. I know this is your interview, but I want to take some time here to talk about like your um, your journey because I see you on the range every night. Can't leave the range without hitting a good ball. Yep. So what, what's going on with your? Uh, I don't know if you've talked about this in your po- past podcast. I know you had George Gankus on and stuff, but uh, have you talked about it much in other podcasts? Because yeah, not- yeah, it, I, it, it's so it's interesting. You kind of talk about how like with the content, you know, there's only. There's only so much time in a day, right? To so I think the big thing with my improvement journey is I punted content for improvement. Yeah. So I've I decided, you know what, like, because again, for me, I I just want to get. I love the feeling of of the improvement, right? And so, like, my whole day is spent around basically getting my music work done, and then. I work out five days a week. Um, so I'm on like a, like basically I work out every morning is, is how I like to structure it. I'll either wake up and work right away or wake up and work out. 
Then I try and get all my music work done, which is great because being self-employed, it helps with the hours. I don't have to, you know, necessarily wait. And honestly, the good thing too is that a lot of time I have to wait for changes to come in on the music side. So it's, I send stuff off to artists and I can't really do much until they give me feedback, right? Like it's, there's not a lot of busy work. Exactly. So I, I, I don't live far from the golf course. So I'm, I'm, you know, five, 10 minutes away in any direction from, from where I'm practicing. So I can even rip out. And then if there have been times when I've gotten a call and I, I've needed to come back and send a file and I can do that and I can go back and forth. So that helps me kind of make my improvement happen. Um, and the big thing for me this year is I've been kind of, you know, I was, I was, I probably like when I started, I was in a similar spot where you are game wise. It was like kind of all over the place, very inconsistent, wanted to figure it out. Then got to a point where it got pretty good, but then realized that my swing was never going to go to where I needed to be to be competitive. Like I was going to hit that ceiling of like, I'd, I'd be good amateur golf, like playing with buddies, but never was going to ever be consistent enough competitive day to day. It was just too much timing. And, and now that I know more about the golf swing, there's just too much fuckery happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it took a long time to weed that out. Like it took longer than I thought because I playing sports and stuff. The swing, swing feels and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, cause it with music. I, you know, it took me, it, it, it was, it was interesting. Like learning how to mix a song and learning how to make music. I thought it would be a similar process of teaching yourself those motor skills, like learning how to play drums, those kind of things. But when I think about it now, you know, the technique level and the positions and all the things that need to go right in a golf swing, it's just so much more than maybe playing an instrument or some of those things. And um, I just underestimated the amount of time it was going to take. So I'm, I'm finally now at a spot where the swing is competitive. And it's taken me about – two, three years to get it there. And it's, it's just every day. Like I, it's, I have not missed a range session, a workout, nothing. And it's just, you even missed a range set. What do you mean? Like, like I've, I've taken, I've had a couple days off here and there, but for the past three years, I have basically every range session from the last three years on a hard drive. Um, like how many range sessions, like five days a week? Oh, no, it's closer to seven. Like if, unless there's a holiday, I've had to take, I had to take time off because I got COVID back in November. Um, I took some time off for Christmas, Um, but it's every day. The one thing I realized about improvement is that it's going to the well every day. Like the way to get good at golf is like little increments every day, not these big jumps. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's just that every day. It's actually kind of boring, like getting better at golf. Yeah. But I like that. I like that monotony. What's so? What's the main goal? Do you have like a, you know, do you have, is there something set in stone, or is it just kind of like what's keeping you motivated? Like, what's the end? I, I, I two things. One is like, I, I use this journey to rebuild myself as a person. I felt very broken back in like 2019 before I started this. I was like in the music industry. I was getting really jaded. The music industry really sucks and it like can wear you down as a person because the goalposts move right. It's not a very happy place to, to, to be. Um, and I needed something to kind of reset and rebuild myself. And I realized I was like very, I felt very deficient as a human and as a man, you know? Um, and I, I wanted a different challenge that was objective to challenge myself to see if I could pull it off. Because in music, I was self-taught and I went from not knowing how to plug in an RCA cable to a platinum selling album in five years. 
Wow. And, awesome. and so I thought if I could do that in, a music, in an industry that's like total bullshit, could I do it in something objective? And so I'm at the four, three and a half, four year mark now, which is kind of like when I started to see that same trajectory in music of like, oh, I, you can start to hear things differently. When you listen to a song, like when I listen to a song now, I don't hear a song the way most people hear a song, right? I can, I can take all the layers and split them out. And I could be like, oh, there's a shaker over there. Oh, the, that pad, these kind of things. You learn the intricacies, right? And I think when you look at high-level golfers, they see the course differently than when I was a, a 10, 11 handicap. You know, we, they're ruled by a different consciousness almost. And so you have to get your body and your mind to that level. And my ultimate goal is I want to be able to play pro-level tournaments and I want to make content and, and build out uh, a whole content brand around it. Um, but the step one for me is just getting to that like pro-level caliber player. Wow. Because I th- selfishly like I, I want that. And, and I, honestly, I love the life lessons. Like I've, I am a drastically different person from doing this for the last four years. Um, and I've, I've cleaned up a lot of things in my life that I, that were like unintended, uh, cleanups from doing the golf journey. So you think the, the golf is what stemmed everything else or was it your mindset and was it your mindset and the golf was like a, a portion of cleaning yourself up? You know, if that makes sense. I think it's both. I think, I think it's both. I think like, I think the fact that golf is such a, is so hard. It's like there's this thing about like you got to do hard things and you have to persevere through hard things, right? And I think some of that Eric Anders Lang stuff, like, you know, he gets – like I think when he was – he was in that sweet spot of like philosophical content in like 2019 to 2021 where he was just really in his bag with like golf is bigger and golf is a mirror to life. And I really like embraced that. Um, And and I – just simple things like – accepting the bad shots because bad bounces can sometimes lead to good results. But if you get yep. so mad at the bad bounce before you've even seen what you can do with the next shot, well then it's a good point. you're screwed. And I, and I used to, I used to get a lot more reactive about the bad bounces. I'd be like, man, why, why is this happening to me? Like, what yeah. do you, like, why is this about me? You know? And like now I, I'm like, Oh, okay, well what can I do with this bad bounce? And in other areas of my life yeah. now, I feel that mindset in action. Right. Yeah. I, you can, you can definitely tell what kind of person someone is by the way they react to things on the golf course. Uh, you know, if someone's having a, te- a temper tantrum, it's like, okay, well, this person doesn't know how to balance their emotions. It's same thing with real life. It's pretty, pretty interesting when you actually look at it from that standpoint and people who have, you know, more of a, there, there is an interesting, like, I don't know if correlation is the right word where it's like, Someone who doesn't care on the golf course, do they don't care or they just don't let it affect them? Totally. I think there's, you know what I mean? There's a big difference between those two. Um, Where do you you sit in the mental game? Because I know from experience being where, you know, around playing a similar game to what you were playing, it can be very volatile, but it, but you don't seem to project. You're very light. Frustration. Like, Like, I'm sure you get frustrated, but you you're i think that's what's what i love about watching your content is like you never feel sad or like angry you just kind of roll with it yeah i i haven't given it too much thought of 
you know, about it, but I'm more like a a person. Yeah. I'm I'm more of a person in in life, you know, things happen and you can't change the, you can't change the past. So just keep rolling with it and just figure out, you know, okay. There's another thing too. It's like, (laughs) um, going back to like the social media stuff, you know, like for, the, okay, for a second to go back. So I was kind of touching on the fact that how Instagram and the social media space has changed a bit in the last couple of years. Right. Um, whereas like the last year, Instagram has basically flipped its algorithm on its head. And because two years prior, it was trying to compete with TikTok. And so they're pushing a, a ton of reels out and it was really easy to get views a couple of years ago. Whereas we're now they're push, they're pushing more photos and it's a little more difficult to get Instagram reels or views. Um, and so people can either get disappointed about that or like I'm definitely affected by the views right. count sometimes for sure. It's hard to deny, but it's also an, uh, it's also a great indicator of, okay, you, you're getting these views. Is it the algorithm? Is it the, the, the Instagram that's screwing you over or is it you need to change and do something different and do something better? So if you take it as like constructive criticism, same right. with the, same with the golf course. If you you take things like, oh, well, why is everything always happen to me on the golf course? You're never going to have a good time, and your life is going to suck. So if you keep everything like lighthearted, um, I just find life is better. So I, I think like I definitely get frustrated at times for like a second, and you move on to the next shot, and it's a new shot, and like okay, let me try to hit a good shot here, and you forget about the past immediately. So that's kind of my mindset. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but. No, I, that's just the way I, my perspective on life. Yeah, it, it almost <laughs> sounds like you're 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 actually pretty healthy on the golf course. It's more about actually this the performance of the of the of the content Actual that shot. actually that actually gets oh. you oh. more rattled. Like it's it's almost sounds like it it, it yeah it's, it's it's interesting. It's almost because it's almost like you, you you know you're not really phased by actually what's going on with the golf. No, I would describe it. Well, it's a, it is a bit of a cash. Okay, like if I do well on the on the golf course, I can still post a good video. If I do, if I have a, a blow up hole, I can still post a video. So at the end of the day, no matter how I play, I'm going to have content. Um, but the view side of things, I mean, it's kind of out of your hands unless you you know. There's people who do get great views and stuff like that, and they're obviously posting great content. Um, it's just I, I'm not. It's not that I'm like too taken away by that on social media. Like it, but you know when it is your full time job, you have to kind of think about that kind of stuff. Where right. it's like, okay, how do I get more views? How do I? Because more views leads to more eyes. More eyes leads to more brands seeing your stuff and more brand deals, etc. But um, on the golf course, I mean, I don't know. I, half the time I'm out there to have fun and to shoot content, and shooting that content is fun. So. That's know. great. Um, one question I wanted to t- I wanted to ask you because I think this is one thing people don't factor in. How many shot difference do you think it is? Maybe maybe it wouldn't be now, but when you first started filming, how many shots did the camera add? Oh, two maybe. Two. Yeah, that's pretty it good. Was, yeah, it, it's. It, I mean. The first, like, whatever, five, ten times you're out there, you're super insecure. You're like, people are just looking at me, wondering what the fuck I'm doing. And, and this then, is also this is also at a time where, like, 
when you were film, if you were filming three, four years ago on a golf course, people would look at you like, like they were not happy with you. Yeah, it was bizarre. And, and they would like, you looked weird. It looks, it's way less weird now. For sure. But like, I don't know. I have the same kind of thing when I see someone filming at the gym. I'm like, dude, just focus on the lift. What are you like recording yourself for? Which is probably the same way people may, may have looked at me on the golf course. It's like, dude, you're on the golf course. It's bliss. Just enjoy the game. Why get the That's film? That's fair. It's fair. Um, but I, after a certain point, I say two strokes, like first 10, 10 rounds. Yeah. But then there's like a switch where it's like, okay. This isn't the normal thing. This is what I do. I film every time I'm at the golf course and it becomes second, like second nature. So there's there are times where it's like, okay, I gotta run over here and go quickly because I just shanked my ball over the green. Now I have to grab my tripod and I just shanked it over the green again. Now I have to go. I'm like, oh my God, this would have been a lot easier if I didn't have to lug my tripod around and people had to wait for me. So there's times where like that kind of gets to you, but uh, you yeah. get you get you get used to it. I, mean, I don't know. You have I can ask you the same question as well. Like, did it really add on many strokes to you, you think? I, it, it for sure did for me a little yeah. bit. Like I, it took me a bit to adjust. I'm very, I, I was, I'm a little ADD, right? So I found that my attention, I'm now, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. And I, like now when I'm doing these uh, 12 hole challenge videos, it's like second nature, but I think that's a lot of the mindset clear up. Yeah. I think when I first started, man, my mind was just so cluttered. Like I, I just as a human, I think oh, you're I had, standing over the ball. You're like, okay, is my, is my camera recording? And I, right. I was like, yeah. when I think, I think when you're trying to worry about the swing, the shot, your process, and then yeah. you have to go, am I rolling? Do I have a good angle? <laughs> like yeah. it was all those things. And then I used to, I used to kind of vlog while I played, like I would talk. So then I you're also exhausting. You're trying to craft a narrative of like, what is the round, right? So then you, you kind of, you know, you talk as you go and you're, you're kind of trying to create this like, and then the producer in me would want to really take control of that, right? Because I'm like, I want it to, I want to I fit this perfect narrative and then have it really come to a head at the end. And then I think that was hurting the golf because golf can naturally become the narrative and the narrative, right? Like, like right. there's so many unexpected twists and turns and I wasn't allowing that to just naturally happen. And I think that's where, that's why I, I, I like literally stepped back a lot and I needed to like reset and do a lot more personal growth and also just like golf improvement growth to kind of fix some of those. It, it but it, it helped me learn some issues, some issues I had. Um, yeah. but I'm always curious with different people with the filming. Cause I think like I've heard the Bryan brothers say, you know, they think it's a, it's, it's, I think it was four shots. Uh, oh, wow. For them, like when they started. Um, to be honest as well, like I may, maybe I'm a little bit, uh, uh, like <laughs> it is funny because sometimes when I'm not filming is when I do play my best. And so maybe there is like a, a, a psychological thing that I'm just not aware of or just not self aware of. But I mean, well, I think in terms of like shot process and routine, right? Like, like think about when, you, when we're filming, right? Yeah, First thing we do when we get to a tee box is we don't get the yardage. We set up the camera, Yeah. right? So you set up the yeah. camera. You make sure you got the angle. The angle is also dependent on where you're going to hit on the tee box. Yeah. So now you're like, you're already picking and you don't even have a yardage yet. So now you got it. Then you, so you, you've set up the shot. You're rolling. Now you have to go get, like you've added over the course of 18 holes, right? Your mental 
uh, load is much. You're, you're basically having a, a pre-shot routine for 100%. the camera every time, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I'm just not. Uh, you're just you're listen self-aware let, enough. No, that's good. <laughs> I, I, I that's awesome. I think that's too. I, like that's where I'm also excited to learn. I haven't really talked to many other creators, so I think this is also cool to learn about people's different processes and like how they think out there because yeah. you know there's no like there's no manual on this you just kind of you just kind of figure it out as you go everyone uh, has their own path man yeah and yeah. i and and also that's where the mental side of things and, and the mental game like it's it's interesting for everybody because everyone has their own different battle that they're their own mountain they're climbing right yeah and and how that affects them is is so interesting it is because it's also like that's how that's how people differentiate themselves, right? Everyone has every influencer or every whatever you want to call them, content creator has a little bit a little bit different of their thing that they're doing to make them different and stand out on social media for the people to wanna watch them for what whatever it may be, you know, like for for you it's like the 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 content where you're trying to get better at golf and you started as a as there's one of your videos, I think, on YouTube where you shot like 20 over and then a year later you shot like minus six or something. I can't yeah. remember the exact numbers. But like who the hell else is doing that? That's absolutely incredible. Or you have people like – I used Berdogi earlier who is completely just an edu- or a, an entertainment-based golfer where he'll just make fun of himself over and over and just have a bunch of one-liners and that's his stick and stick. And so – Everyone has like a little bit different of a of their thing that they're doing on social media, and I think without without that, everyone would be cookie cutter and have the same thing. There'd be no purpose of of having social media influencers or whatever it may be. So, yeah, so, I mean, so where do you yeah. want to grow? What, where's what's your plan? Like, what's your what's the the evolution of of your game in relation to content, and, and where do you see it growing for you? That's a good question. So, like, I. I'm at the point where like even my whole vlogs are getting boring to me. So I've been mixing it up a bit. I've been doing a little couple skits here and there and funny stuff. And uh, I also like going back to the quality of stuff. I really enjoy, I really enjoy um, doing drone shots. I started like a little, I'm doing drone shots when I'm shooting YouTube videos anyway. So I just started like a little Instagram page of golf photography. So I love that aspect of it. And so I'm kind of thinking I'm going to tie a little bit of everything together where, um, like I, I've recently shot a video for a golf course out here in Tucson where I was like doing drone shots and it's kind of like, uh, you ever seen bucket list golf? Uh, yeah. 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 So stuff like that where you, you do, you get to go out and play golf. I can then shoot my whole vlogs or whatever it may be. And then I can also take my drone shots and then shoot a video where it's showcasing a golf course. So I, I don't really have like a direct plan in mind. I just know what I enjoy and I'm just going to keep kind of posting that stuff, seeing what lands, seeing what doesn't. And, let the not not entirely let the views dictate what I'm gonna do because I'm at the end of the day I'm still gonna do the stuff I want to do but it does help it's feedback right so yeah. that's really cool I love the oh, yeah. I, like the drone shots and stuff but see dude you telling me flying the drone doesn't add shots to you uh <laughs> I, I try to do it afterwards there's some okay. times where I'm doing it in between for sure and it, that's a little bit that adds okay that adds strokes for sure I man I would I would if I had to fly the drone and do all the filming, I'd my brain would melt. I know it's a lot, but it's it's rewarding afterwards, man. Like when you compile oh. everything, it's so it's so worth it. I mean, yeah, the sh- 
maybe it does add some shots. Um, but it's it's fun, man. And not it's not fun for everyone. Like some people were like, yeah, I can't believe you do all this effort for a thousand views or whatever. I'm like, I know, me too. It's absolutely insane, but I enjoy it. And then you know, you get you do get people who like respond to your stuff and you're like, wow, people actually do want to watch a mediocre golfer, whatever it may be, play golf. So it's fun, man. The feedback is what is what really uh, I'm sure like the same for you. Like you wouldn't be posting your stuff if you weren't getting any kind of feedback from random people on the internet. Yeah, it's it's, it's you, would. you know what though, but it's, it's, I think the fact that it just gives you joy. That's like that's so key. Yeah. You know where you find your joy in and like just double down on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So so now for your improvement. Like for golf. Do you do you want to <laughs> yeah, do you want to like like do you do you want to get better or are you just like you like like what is what is the ideal because i i think for a lot of people you know there's this, always this pressure of like i need to get better but it's like i don't know there's also something to be said for just playing your game and enjoying it so i think for you you know you said you're gonna you're gonna start with a coach down there like what what would be your golf game ideal for yourself yeah uh, i my my goal like last year was to get to single digits which I did. I got to 9.6 was my yep. lowest. So I hit that. And I was super, super happy. And then the last couple months of my games kind of gone downhill. I think it is because of my back or at least I, so I tell myself, but you got to uh, give that Airbnb a poor rating now, dude. Uh, I know I actually bought, uh, I bought pool noodles and I put it underneath my mattress and I gave it some, it just to give it, it up a bit. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's amazing. Yeah. Little things like this chair that I'm sitting on, the the piston broke through and it just landed and so like i i couldn't i couldn't move because the piston was sitting on the ground and i couldn't move this thing so it cost me three bucks to fix this thing because i used a toonie and a loonie to put it in the hole so the piston didn't go through (laughs) stupid shit like this you have to deal with it in airbnb well can you tell you uh you used to work in structural engineering yeah exactly right um but the the golf goal golf goal right now is i have a a tournament like a friends and family tournament. We do have a friends and family tournament every year. This year, it's actually in Nashville. So last year, I won it for the first time in my life, which is awesome. Amazing. Not great golfers. I think I shot like an 84 or something. So Hey, a win's a win, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this year, it's in Nashville. And I'm like, this is my goal is I want to I wanna, uh, maintain it. We have a, a green jacket that we got from Value Village like 15 years ago. It says like $3.99 on the on the sleeve or whatever, it's $3.99, not 300. But my, my goal is to, you know, put that thing back on me this year. So I'm, I have a couple, just like two and a half months or so where before the tournament. So my next goal is just to be as best as I can in two and a half months and then take it from there and see Sweet. where it goes. Yeah. So you can repeat and, and get the, and get the jacket. Exactly. Unreal. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. There's no, like, no like serious goal ahead of me. Obviously I want to become as good as I can. I was doing lessons a year ago. It was over the winter. And the issue that I had in comparison, I come full circle to, to while I'm here. But when, you, when I was doing lessons, I was doing them once a week. And I would go one lesson and then learn whatever I needed to learn and then not practice for an entire week and come back for another lesson. And it's like, what the, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you're not trying to ingrain anything in the range. You're not, you're not getting any better. You're just paying for education of the golf swing. That's basically what it came down to. Right. As we're here, I now have this great opportunity where it's sunny every day. There's grass driving ranges 
anywhere I go. And now if I want to do some lessons, I can do a lesson, hit the range four or five days a week, and then go to the next lesson and try to improve on what I've learned and try to ingrain in my swing throughout that week. So it's that's kind of like what I'm looking at for the next two and a half months before I leave here is to kind of get some lessons and try to ingrain stuff on the range as opposed to, like I said, going for a lesson to lesson to lesson without trying to get any better really. Yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest thing for improvement is like the, the strict driving range reps. Yeah, absolutely. After. And like, and, and really like working on the same things over and over and over. Like when I go to the range, it's basically the same couple things all the time, you know? So one week isn't this and then that, and then that it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's, 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 uh, you morph it, right? So like I, where my body is now, I had to reverse years of sitting and like, issues from spending time in a studio, right? Because I was, I was sitting all day hunched over like this in front of studio monitors my yeah. entire 20s basically, right? So I had to fix that part of my body to then be able to rotate and turn and do these kind of things. So that's where the workouts come into play, right? Then when it comes to – then how do you fuse that with the range sessions? So I knew that I needed to get a bigger turn, Right? So I'm, so I would work on like little, like one thing at a time. And then once I would fix that piece, I would move on to the next piece. So, you know, fixing the pressure in my feet, fixing these little things. And I would use the lessons and the experts around me to then make sure I was on the right path and I didn't veer off too much because the issue too, if, if you don't know the golf swing and you don't have like a, uh, someone to help you govern it. Right, one like you can start, you can start sliding off the rails and not really know. Yeah, and so that's where having my coach Max has been really good because it just we can kind of stay at center. If and I started to veer, if I started to go down a bad path, you know, but it's it's it takes a while to get your body to move a different way from how you're moving. So you then need to make a decision too, right? And I think this is where golfers, you know, you got to make a decision on how you want to play. If I didn't have aspirations to play professional tournaments, I wouldn't do a lot of the things I've done and change my body in the ways I've needed to change them, right? Like, like I think for people that early extend and do certain things like that, like, I'm kind of like, if you can play good golf that way, then, like, get a little stronger, you know, understand how that move works, and then let's focus on strategy and course management. Like, even watching your content, I'm sure if if I just gave you, like, some of the course management stuff I've picked up, we could probably like cut five or six shots off today. Okay. So, you know, let's talk about that at some point, because what, what, I mean, how much, obviously there's lots of, lots of stuff where I can probably fix my, um, my strategy on the golf course, but like, give me a couple examples where you think I can make up some of those strokes. So for example, when you talk about like your poor putting, right? Poor putting. So like first thing is, is about speed and mindset about putting. So my assumption is, is that your speed control is probably out of whack. Yeah. So we need to get you doing some speed drills so that your lag putts become more effective. Okay. So then I'll, 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 uh, counter to 
if you're playing different courses all the time, how do you practice your speed control? So you if every you, green that hundred percent. And I and I built you build up this muscle, and so one you learn how to use the practice green as a buffer. So you right before the round, right? So you learn how to get data from the practice green, and then also right. you learn how to make adjustments within the round. So yeah. one of the things I when I was when I was a ten handicap and and around that range, speed control was horrific because one you're trying you're trying to make thirty footers sometimes which is horrific mindset <laughs> to have, right? Like like the mindset of how you go about putting as you get better is so is is so interesting because it it goes from like I need to make this to you just start to be way more smart about about the lines you take um I see I see just higher handicaps tend to push the ball way past the hole right? Whereas better players will either leave it short or, ju- or go just past. Right. They're not hammering putts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so sure. learning, so learning that finesse and that's, and that's a, that is a definitely, a, I, I lumped that in with course management because I think the mindset of, of managing your mindset with those putts um, and looking at a 30 footer and going, okay, I just need to get this within a three foot circle. Yeah. Right. How do I just do that? Let's just get to yeah. there. Or if I have a 15 footer, I'm not trying to ram this in to make birdie. And now I've got a comebacker. And you know, how many times you five three, feet, right? Like I would three putt par, par fives, you know, and be like, what, like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Or, or you, you know, you, th- or you have a birdie on a par four and it's your one birdie look of the day and you walk away with bogey and you're like, what just happened to me? Yeah. Because you got, ex- you got, and then the other thing too is learning how to regulate that adrenaline because when you do get that one birdie look, you know you're, you're not going to get many birdie looks when you're when you're playing like that, right? So when you yeah. do get that birdie look, you're like, oh, it's time, and I got to make it all around the hole and reading it for every it, angle. Exactly, right? Which and, it should be, I guess, anyways. But but I think, <laughs> and so you lose that freedom. So so first thing with putting is like a lot of a lot of putting stuff. I see guys just we can eliminate a lot of three putts just by getting your speed control better. And, and, and probably there's some stroke work to be done, right? Like I think, you know, I, I, I have to look at your putting stroke to kind of see if, if there's anything or your alignment, but those things we can, we can fix pretty quickly, right? Um, your short game is going to be a big one because yeah. you're going to miss a lot of greens when you're in that, yeah. right? So being able to have like a go-to shot, like a bump and run or something that's like pretty safe, that isn't like a fancy shot. Yeah. Right, taking rid, of, getting rid of the style points is a big one. Yeah, like a, like yeah, I basically sure. benched the sixty degree wedge until I was a scratch golfer because I realized that unless you know unless I'm coming out of a bunker, it was it's just unnecessary to try and hit the shots those shots. Oh, I was gonna say like some it's also sometimes like really dependent on the type of turf you're playing off of too. Like if it's a really thick rough. I'll bring out my 58 degree 100 percent of the time because it can cut through totally rough a little easier. And uh, what was sort of was the other thing you were gonna say? No, and, and some people have better hands and and, and good hand eye coordination. I just think it's it's taking away those like the cool shots we see people hit, the high soft lobs, things like that. It takes a lot to execute those well. Yeah. And and it also takes a lot of practice. And if you're not practicing that shot, you shouldn't try and hit that shot. Yeah. 
where it's much easier to kind of not practice a bump and run and kind of like roll up to the course and be able to hit bump and runs. Yeah. You know, exactly. And then off the tee, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, some of the data guys, they say, you know, and, and especially if you follow a decade, it's like just hit driver as much as you can. But I think when you, and you mentioned this earlier about foul balls and, 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 and penalty shots. I'm of the belief that like, you just got to get it in play. Yeah, like you need, so if you, if you can't, if you can't hit driver that day, then you need a secondary shot that yeah. can just get you in play. In play. And, and so I would hit this like ropey hybrid that I had that it like where it was just like a sling hook hybrid, but I, I could at least know that I could get it out there enough where I was still able to play good golf. And I think if you can have that secondary shot, that's huge because it, I it think so too. you just got to be able to get it in play and, and get rid because those penalty shots are, are brutal. They kill you, man. Oh, and it's, and it's morally like emotionally deflating, <laughs> right? It is. And then you also have, oh my God, I don't know if you ever get this or I don't know if you don't hit too many balls out of play, but the, uh, the ruling of like out of bounds where you have to hit three off a tee, driving yeah. me nuts. I hate I, three off the tee. I fucking hate that. And then, so like half the time I play with my buddies, we just do lateral hazard. Yeah. And so if you put it put it out of bounds or whatever, just drop drop it where the ball went in and play it as a lateral hazard. But then when you have like the social media aspect of people like being like, dude, that's not a lateral hazard, blah, blah, blah. It drives you nuts even more. But yeah, the mindset of hitting a ball out of play is just terrible. Right. And so... If if we just put kept you in play, right? Eliminate it, like get you some better swim speed control. Make sure your chipping is, you know, just like playable, right? Like the, the big thing too is you just don't want to have to chip twice. Yeah. yeah. Right? So no double chips. Yeah. And then the last thing for where you're at is just eliminate any hero or ego shots. Yeah. Right? So a lot of times like uh, it's it's about eliminating the spectacular shot, yeah, and playing something that's a little more conventional and slightly boring, but it's actually very effective. Yeah, Agreed. you know, and having Agreed. like a and having like a, I call it like your bunted around game, where you can't take full swings, but if you can have these really effective half swings, like you can half swing your way around a golf course really well, if like you just don't have it. Yeah. And I did that for a while. And so the combination of all those things, like, you know, picking picking some better lines, knowing your your misses, playing only one shot shape too. Like I'm not sure, you know, like like off the tee specifically. I'm not trying to hit draws and fades. Yeah. Like you don't walk up to a power five and be like, now I get to unleash the draw and then you snap hook one when you've been <laughs> hitting fades all day. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. And like you can, you can, you can drop a quick five, six shots. I tell you what, we're uh, we're gonna play this year, and you're gonna. I would love for you to be like, okay, you did the, or maybe it's after the round where it's like you're just jotting it on your phone or in your head or whatever. Yeah, and just track how many errors I made and I, where I could have improved. That'd be a really fun little exercise, actually. hundred percent. Because I I think that's the like, that's another big piece is like, you may not everyone has time to go do lessons and go do all the improvement stuff. Like the thing I've realized through like my 
journey of what I'm doing is that like, this is not for somebody who is like trying to live a normal life. Like I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like, yeah. like I don't have any balance, but that's yeah. just how I am. Yeah. I think if you want to be a more balanced golfer and like enjoy things and you want to be able to play the game effectively without having to necessarily do the insane amounts of grind work, then this is where you can Improve. pick up shots. Yeah. Is, is being a little more cerebral about your game, knowing your limitations and working within them. And then, and then as you improve, you can just continue to like upgrade, you know, those course management things. Like as you, you know, once you fix out, fix your driver a little bit and you now have that T ball, well then that, that can help, you know, you take advantage of some holes a little more now. Absolutely. Right. As opposed to having to always hit the safety shot, things like that. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. I, uh, definitely, there's definitely room for improvement there. That's for sure. Well, I'm excited to see it. A uh, quick couple things before uh, we end off. I want to I want to jump over to the uh, the waste management because you were uh, out there for that. Yeah, the the wasted. Y- you management. endured. You endured the wasted management. Man, I was so disappointed. Really, it, hurt, it pains me to say that. Yeah, I was so excited to go. So we, um, I was there with. Uh, the Breakfast Balls crew, the brand that I work with, and we were there for Thursday, Friday. We did a couple of shoots for their for their polos and stuff, and then Saturday was the big day. And so, uh, I mean, a lot of people have heard this by now, but obviously it rained and all the the turf was just drenched. You saw people sliding down, it's the sliding. Hills it was and insane. So what happened was you got five hundred thousand people now confined to this one path or these paths. Anywhere that's just concrete because it wasn't drenched. No one wanted to stand on the on the grass. Okay. And so you literally couldn't move. So I ended up just staying there for an hour. I'm like, this is absolute like this is terrible. A the um the lineup for the, the porta potties is 25 minutes long, which oh. is outrageous. Get uh, lineups for the beer, and then just the amount of people you had to like you're shuffling through was just terrible. But uh it, so I wouldn't I wouldn't go. I mean, obviously everything kind of, it was like a a whirlwind of like unfortunate circumstances that happened, but I don't think I would ever go to it again if I wasn't in like a, the booth where you didn't have to wait for the washrooms and all that stuff. So I was definitely disappointed because I was really looking forward to it. It was my first ever waste management and it was unfortunate. That's too bad. I know. Yeah, it, it looked crazy. Like like when they had to cancel booth sales, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I I left right before that. Thankfully. Okay. I think, yeah. Um, it was just like they they either oh, – oh, another couple of things. So they didn't even check our tickets when we walked in. All they, all they did was they checked for – we walked through a metal detector and you just walk in. So you could have walked – people got in for free. Yeah. There must have been thousands of people doing that. A, they, also, they overserved it – or they oversold it, excuse me. B, like the fact that the turf was all wet. And then they didn't even allow – like there's a whole group of people who actually had tickets that weren't even allowed to enter the, the state, like the, the ground because of how busy it was and how confined the people were towards the past. So yeah, super unfortunate, man. I was, I would have, I, I would have really lost it. it. I would have, yeah. to buy a ticket and not get in because someone else got in, like just sneak through. That's brutal. Yeah, man. It was unfortunate, but did you actually get to watch any of the golf or was it just like, so that was a funny part too, is like, I, because of the rain, there was, um, I forget exactly 
for exa- forget exactly what happened, but there was like a on the Saturday morning there was a first round from the people who didn't play the day prior, so they had to finish that round, and then there was like a two hour gap or so until the next round, and I was like just at the tail. I just arrived at the tail end of that first round, so I basically saw like four golfers. I saw like Adam Hadwin hit a putt and. That's pretty much it, honestly. So you didn't watch so, any golf, basically. Dude, it sucked. It was it was so unfortunate. I was I was disappointed, but eh, whatever. How was the Go vibe in punches. Arizona around the tournament? Was it at least good? Like, was the kind of the the vibe in the city like like how was the I guess the outside perimeter? Yeah, I, I think everyone was stoked. Everyone's getting hammered. Everyone's partying, having fun, and then you just have people. Pre-drinking in the morning, getting shit-faced and entering in, like people <laughs> drinking in the lineup to get in, fireball shots, all that. So the, the sentiment and like the, everyone's perspective was awesome, but then it just had like the perfect storm of unfortunate things happen where yeah. next year they're, they're going to do something about it for sure. They're not going to let that happen again, that's for damn sure. Not wasted management part two. It'll still be wasted management, I'm sure, but it, oh, for sure. it won't be a waste management, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, and then you went to the PGA show this year. Yeah, that was fun, man. Um, that was my first time going there as well. Have you been before? Never. No. So it's kind of interesting. I didn't know this. It's only for people in the industry. You can only go if you're in, like, so randoms can't go right. in, which is interesting. Um, and so, yeah, it was really cool for me to go because I've never been and it was really, I mean, I've only been at it for a couple of years. So it was like um, one of the guys, breakfast Balls also brought us, and one of the guys I was with, Rory Blackroy, he's been in the game for a while, and so he knows everyone. Kind of just brought me under his wing and introduced me to everyone, which is really cool. So I met a ton of other influencers and people in the space, and there's some pretty big names there as well, like Eric Anders Lang was also there. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Rick Shields. and But yeah, like meeting meeting the, uh, the other people who do the same thing that we do is really cool because you have so much, obviously, in common. Um, and you're both in you're both in the same world, so it's really cool to meet them. Um, and then there's obviously like a ton of gear and clothes and everything you can think of in the golf world. So it's kind of cool to see some of those. Um, some of the putting stuff for like golf sims is really cool, like the the putt view putt view. I yeah. think it's called with where it's overhead. The integration with foresight that looks unreal. Did you try it? Uh, the, the are you talking about where they have the cup in the corner of the yeah. golf simulator room? Yeah, yeah, I did try that. That was really cool. There's some things where it's not perfect. Like if you have a 25 foot putt and your your bay is only 20 feet, well, it's like it's not going to be perfect, but it's still better than hitting into a screen where you think the ball's going to roll, right? Right. So that's that was really cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like there's also like the goggles which they had last year as well. You put it over and you it's like VR and you can like punch stuff in and then you can see the line when you look down of where you need a putt really really cool yeah technology is just amazing when it comes to this stuff man it's really cool and it's only getting better interesting any 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 other gear like um what do you what golf what golf clubs do you play i play tailor maids i play the uh p770s okay yeah and then the mg3 wedges um but any other cool golf stuff um because I say, did, like, did any other gear, like, any anything useful for, like, aside from the tech stuff, was there anything for your game that you're like, oh, I should probably consider this? Or, um, there's a golf grip scrubber that cleans your golf grips. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm not the biggest tech nerd, uh, to be honest. So like, I that kind of stuff, I don't really like geek out on too much. I just try something. If I 
think it feels good and I hit it where I want it to go, I'm like, done. I like you. You're coming into my bag. Um, so you're not a gearhead when it comes not to the, the biggest gearhead. No, it's probably, see, I, that's I, why, I, you know what? That's why you're so peaceful. Cause you're not mentally, <laughs> that's why, that's why you're not mentally tortured by like, what if I, what if I got this driver and turned it down a degree? Would well, I still do that it? on the range. Like I still tinker. I'm a tinkerer, but I'm okay. not a gearhead. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So you just have a little bit of the sickness. A little bit of a sickness. Not full blown sickness. Not full blown sickness. I can bring you to the dark side. Don't worry. Don't, don't do it, man. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> That's I, I can't hang out with people like you because I know what will happen. No, no, you know, no, I've, I've gotten, I'm much better now. I'm more reasonable. I'm what are more you reasonable. I'm, a, I'm basically all ping now. Ping, okay. Yeah. It so, just seems to work for me. Like I've tried, I've tried basically everything and my best golf has come from this setup. Just seems to make You did my the life fitting easy. and everything, obviously. Yeah, at, at ping headquarters in Toronto. And so what... Did they tinker? What did they change in the clubs that made them work for you, do you think? Well, one big thing is I need I need my clubs really flat. So Flat in terms of the lie? Yeah. So okay. so one of the things like I didn't know when I was at, at you know playing when I was a higher handicap was like the importance of lie angle and sh- and shaft weight. Like I like a hundred and twenty gram shaft. It just works really well with my body. For some reason, like with okay. my mechanics. So I have an extra stiff 120 gram shaft. I can play 130 gram, but I my contact isn't as good. Right. right? So it's just learning like a simple thing about yourself. Like, mm. oh, this is a this is just something I like feel-wise, right? Um, and then I've actually moved to uh their stock shafts, even like like one cool thing about ping is they don't really try and like put you into the Ventus and like the you know, all the expensive upcharge stuff. They really just go like, hey, we've got like we've got some stock stuff that like we know works really well, and we spend a lot of time making sure our stuff works within this parameters. Um, and I find their driver like pretty like it's the most forgiving low spin driver. No, oh, interesting. Because I launch it pretty high, so I need a a lower spin driver, but um, I you know don't want to hit it off the planet. And so I found like when I would play the TaylorMade stuff, I hit the ball further with TaylorMade. But I can also hit the ball further way left or right with TaylorMade. Yeah. And I think when it comes to playing tournaments and keeping the ball in play, that's kind of the the move I've taken. And then uh, like kind of you're saying about tinkering with the driver, understanding your swing, right? Like like I wonder, you know, with some of your driver issues, I wonder if it is like a shaft weight thing, if it's a setup thing, a swing mechanic thing. It's probably a combination of all those things that's leading you to, you know, turn down the face and, and have a tough day. And yeah. I'd be interested to see if, you know, some of those some of those tweaks, if you just found something that maybe was sitting in the right pocket for you and and felt right so that when you stood over it, you were just like, oh, I'm just going to be athletic. Yeah. That's when the game is the best. It's when you right. swing it as hard as you can and it's going down the pipe. Those don't happen very often for me, buddy. <laughs> I'm jealous of people like you. Oh, well. Because you, your ball speed is you you fucking pound the ball. Like how? What do you? What's your ball speed like? I it's you know? it's actually slow right now. Like I, really? honestly, I've I've had to like I'm doing a lot of rebuilding because I've I got COVID back in November, or sorry October, and uh, like it's when it's interesting. My driver speeds down. My irons are fine, hmm. but my driver speed is in like the low to mid one seventies, and That's I used pretty to, good though. What did you use to? 
I used to I used to swing I used to swing driver like 121 miles an hour like hundred like like on like on course cruising. What's a, what's the ball speed of that? I'm only aware. I'm not of sure. I haven't. Reason. But I, I I could probably get it to like higher at ball speeds. Like I've touched 185 ball speed before. Wow, that's um, pretty fast, man. But but I so I'm a little I'm a little slower now, but I'm way more accurate. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm not. I think there's from all the 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 change in the body. I think like. That's something too that I think the everyday golfer doesn't factor in is like how much body work pro golfers are doing to stay limber and mobile. I don't know how they do it, man. With all the traveling too, and then sleeping in hotels and like your body just, I don't oh, know how they do it. Well, it, it, you have staff and, and it's years of, of prep too, right? Like, like the regular person's hips are tight. Like I, you, like I'm even like, I didn't realize how, how tight like everyday people's hips are because yeah. we just don't really, you can get through a lot of life, even playing sports. Like, like you can play certain sports and have tight hips, you know, but with golf, like getting those turns and, and everything, it's, it's so interesting. So I think it's like, um, I have a hip routine I'll send you that, uh, that, that can help. And I, it, it makes the world of a difference and it's just stuff you Absolutely. do every day. Definitely send that to me, man. Yeah. You gotta hey, get you the like shit. That- you gotta you get the Shakira just, going. Oh no! Was it a <laughs> the hip? Is it a, 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 a Nintendo Wii dance off? Or something? Oh, I, I wish it was that. I wish it was that. No, it's it's just <laughs> it's just some stationary stuff. But it's like it's it's just a it's 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 maintenance, right? Like if you because you spend a lot of time on golf in your life, and so it's like these are just simple things that honestly you you feel better. And I I kind of get into like now. You know, I think the other thing too with golf, and this is what's been cool about the improvement journey, is that I think to be really good at golf, you also like, like you need your whole body to work. Yeah. So it's in your best interest to like fix your shoulder mobility, fix your hip mobility, like do all these things that like for later on in life you're gonna really want when you're 80 and you're not like tight and can't move. Hundred percent. And so building in these good habits now, now that we're old guys in our 30s, um will set us up for uh, set us up for some success. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I have to now sit down to put my socks on isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? I do enjoy, like, when I'm in a tournament, like, we play with a lot of young guys. I played with a, a guy who's a D1 college golfer um, yesterday in an event. And the other guy in my group, he's 42. He's dad of three kids. You know, I'm only 32, but I, I like to, you know, put myself we call us the old man strength category now because these kids are all like 19 so we so both of us like out drove him by like 10 on a hole beautiful he's been hitting it far all day but he hasn't really smoked it past us all day but there was like like we hit him by 10 and we were like yeah and then we hit another hole and we out drove him both of us out drove him by like 30 and we're like that's that old man strength there young buck like let's go so i just like to say we just get to rep old man strength now beautiful you know i love that and then he he gets to rep the dad strength the 42 year old yeah yeah that's so he, uh that's next level exactly that's like another man, tier the, the pipes these guys have like just to hold their kids it's it's a real thing man i don't know if you've it's the grip strength kids are i asked yeah. him about it because i said what is it with dad grip strength he's like dude he's like i got three kids i gotta carry them all like this Jeez. he's like he's like of course i got grip strength like and i'm like that makes so much sense like you're just lifting all day yeah. So, so in your in your uh, your 
regime, like you say, you go to, you're working out five days a week or whatever. Are you doing much weights or is it more mobility stuff? Yeah. Um, it's both. It's both. Yeah. I, I stopped. Li- I, I'm, Strength I'm probably going to have to do start lifting heavy again to try and build that speed back up. But I do a lot of plyometrics, like jumps and stuff like that. Um, a lot of mobility work to get full range of motion. So, you know, uh, knees over toes guy. Yeah, Mark Ripto or uh, Mark Ripto or whatever his name is. No, no, it's uh, it? oh, I forget his name. But knee, but he's basically his whole thing is like strength through a full range of motion. So I've been working a lot on his protocols. I'll um I'll send you a link to his book. Really good. Okay. Um, cool. so I've been doing his knee like his protocols because essentially like to get the swing longer and more flexible, right? You want to be able to turn and like not feel that impingement. Like I couldn't do this. Or I couldn't get my hips like before, you know, if I'm in a stand and I was to turn like this, like I've got a full hip turn right here with no pain. Whereas before that used to hurt. Like I used right. to get like, you know, I, like there was no chance I was going to be able to like turn and come through. Whereas I used to, if you look at my old swing, like my hips would stay and my, my lower body would just still keep facing the ball basically. Interesting. And that puts a lot of strain on your lower back. Yeah. No kidding. So, so now you know, working on those things. And then, uh, and then a lot of body weight, a lot of kettlebell stuff. So you can kind of do like these flows. So it's more full body. Yeah. Love kettlebells. And then I just try and like, I, I'm, I'm obsessive about core strength because I feel like to hold your body through impact at a high speed, you got to be able to like, like if you look at the impact position of, of pro players, it's all very similar. It's wild. The fact that there's strength in that position is, is crazy. So to build up that strength is just tons and tons of core work. And that comes from squats, doing the kettlebell stuff, doing um, the hip work. It's a combination of all those things to just make your core feel like a fucking two by four that yeah. can't be bent. Man, I have, so, I have so many, like this is obviously our first time meeting and chatting. So I have a lot of questions for you too. So I don't know how long this thing can go, but um, if the, whatever, if, you need to cut any of it out, go for it. But so like when you, you have like this clear kind of plan and dedication and passion for golf, who, like, where did it, where did it come from? Like, does there, do you have like some close friends who are really good at golf and you're trying to catch up to them or? No, it was, no, it was just me. Like me, me and my brother, we, um, my dad was into golf. I have no one in my family who loves golf other than my, my younger brother. Like we, my grandmother gave us a, her set to mess around with we made a par three course in my backyard because we had like our backyard and there was some like adjoining lots like no one had fences yet so me and like another kid in the neighborhood we like made this like i didn't know it was a par three course at the time because i didn't i'd never been on a golf course before but we made like basically a golf course in our backyards and then um my grandmother had uh her office moved and so they had all these extra carpet tiles so we made a putting green in our basement with these carpet nice. tiles and like loved golf, but, and like went to golf camp, like loved it. From what I remember, like always hit the ball far, like, like the golf instructors, but they would just kind of leave me alone. Like I never had a golf lesson. They were just like, cool. You hit the ball far. We're going to go work with the kids that like can't get it airborne. And I would just <laughs> kind of, so I just hit balls all day. And when I go to these golf camps and then fast forward to when I was 14, my parents split up and uh, I had to choose between like, it was just before then that I had to kind of choose between golf and music. So, and 
I've picked music, obviously, what because was there, was there a-, a drum. I wanted to be a drummer. Oh, okay. And like, I wasn't playing a ton of golf. I wasn't like a young junior. Like I, I would play maybe five times a year, but I just, there was like this, just love for it. And then, and then I, I, I picked music because it was something I knew I could do on my own. I didn't need anybody to like, it was hard to get to a golf course. Right. But yeah, I could yeah. play drums at my house. And then I've honestly forgot about golf for about 10 years. Like, wow. like I would play maybe one or two times a year. I would follow it, but I was so focused on music. So it wasn't until, um, I, when I lived in Nashville in 2016 that I started to kind of pick it up again, um, the the fall before that I had like kind of hit a wall with music and I like would always go to golf when I was sad. And so then that's where golf kind of became a thing. And then again, I, and then music would pick up and then I would punt it. And then when I finally hit the wall, that's when I decided, okay, like golf's always been there. I need to try it. Interesting. Yeah. That's really cool, man. That's a great story. I think a lot of people can learn from. And it might not even be golf for other people. It might be whatever else it is, playing video games or whatever it may be. Yeah. It was just always calling. Like I, like I was just like, I always, I always wanted to figure out a way to put more golf into my life. And so now that I have, I'm like, I'm kind of rattled that it's, it, it is what it is. It's pretty cool. That's cool, man. I'm excited to see where your journey goes, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. I think, uh, the, there's, I mean, how, how many people our age can, say that they just went full throttle into whatever their passion is and gave it 100% of their, their effort and time outside of their normal life. Not many. Like not many people have that dedication and, and passion for stuff at, 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 let's say, over 30 years old. So it's really cool that you're doing it, man. I'm, I'm hoping to follow along. And I'm hoping you hit that minus six because I do watch your YouTube videos. Oh, thanks, man. No, I, I appreciate it. And you're, you're, you're totally right on like... I love being a dreamer. And I think it's like as guys too, right? I think one of the things like guys as men we we are bad at is like um we're afraid of like doing things for either putting ourselves behind socially or maybe not setting like like we're afraid to not look cool. Yeah. To then potentially pursue what we actually want. And I think what was great is like when I was doing the music stuff, you know, so dirt poor doing that at the very beginning and like it sucked and it was such a hellhole that it almost beat that out of me of like the fear of looking stupid and and the fear of tr- of trying and failing. And I think this was great. It's like even yourself, it's like, you know, you you, you could very easily just like lived off that cushy structural engineering job, like not to diminish the hard work it took to get there, but it's like, that's a very alluring life. You know, you can, it's there. Like, yeah. like there's, it's there's always, it always will be though. That's the right. thing. But you that's cool. A backup plan. But. but, but you know, it takes a lot of balls to give up a steady life. That is yeah. like, there's a seduction to, to that life. Right. Because it's like, you're getting paid every week. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, the work's coming in, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. It's, yeah. it's on you, but it's not really on you. And now you've put the ball completely in your court to do something you love. Like that's like, that's really commendable. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's super yeah. cool. Looking back on this life, I definitely wouldn't have thought, you know, 
I'd be in Phoenix for five months over the winter playing the sport I, I love to play every day. And, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is too, it's like, I don't know, even like I said before, if, it, if nothing ends up happening, at least I lived a couple fin- fantastic years of my life getting to do what I wanted to do. And um, I'm not sure which, which decision is better, like in terms of, is it better to have a fallback plan? And then, you know, maybe you're, you're not actually giving this other thing 100% um, of everything you got because you have a backup plan, or if it's better to just go full throttle with no backup cl- plan and then you have to throw yourself and give 100% effort. Probably the latter is probably better um, if I were to say from an outside perspective, but there is something nice about having a cushion. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've My stance has, goes back and forth on that because I used to, like in music and in this, like I kind of go, you don't want... A, you don't a backup plan can be uh, the downfall because you ha- like there's there's a certain amount of effort and sacrifice and I think on the content side for you right like it's like you got to post every day you got to do all those things every single day like that's a lot of work people don't I think people don't see how, how much true grind that is right yeah but at the same time you still need to pay your bills and you still need to live and you still need to be a happy person and I think uh, you know and I learned and. I, I pressure cooked myself too much in music by like, I almost was like, like I haven't had a real job since I was 18. Like I, I basically would jumped into music and I, that's all I paid my bills with. I don't know if that necessarily was the right move though, because it puts so much pressure on having to make music work that sometimes it was not enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. There's a trade off right? of like becoming like very good at something. But then also like when when that's all you are forced to think about because you have to pay the bills or whatever it may be from that, there you do fall out of love with it. Right. And I and I yeah. didn't wanna I didn't wanna I didn't want that to happen with golf. Like I've that's why I like like my goal is to become full time with it. But I'm trying I'm trying to do the transition gracefully mm-hmm. so that I can not I felt myself at the beginning potentially losing myself in it. Yeah. Because I was I was trying to run away from music. Right. So I was like, I need to make this work now. I need to make I need this to be revenue positive today. For golf, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's not fun. Like I don't want I yeah. that, no no no. I don't want to there's no joy in that. From something I've noticed myself over the last whatever, two or three years since I've been doing it, is that in a weird way, the winters were actually like healthy for it. So yeah. why I say that is because it kind of gives you an opportunity to like not have to be obsessively obsessively thinking about it. It gives you a nice break and it's like a healthy like you're ready to go. But at the end of the winter, you're like, okay, now we now we can focus on the golf stuff and just pump it out again. And then yeah. you build up that passion. As we're like, if it's a constant day to day to day thing, you do f- come into these like peaks and valleys, these lulls where you're kind of sick of it. And you're, you know, when you're when that's all that's on your mind for a while. You're just like, okay, I need I need to think about something else because it's just like when you're laying in bed and you're thinking about it and you're getting up and you're making yourself coffee, you're thinking about it. It's just like it's just too, it's too – you just get burnt out. And so I think yeah. that comes with anything in life though. Like, Oh, absolutely. And but, I, oh, Sorry, I was going to say yeah. – but the thing is like, you know, people who really succeed at things, like they 
that that's kind of the, the cards are dealt is like it's either this or nothing. And sometimes like that's when the people do the best. So I don't know which one's better at the end of the day. Maybe the maybe our version of 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 the way we look at it is healthier. I don't know if it's necessarily the most um, successful way of doing it. I'm not sure. Uh, this is all a learning process for me as well. So yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm very full. I, I call it full golf cocaine mode with the improvement <laughs> side. Like you know the content side, I've been doing gracefully, but the improvement side, I am I've gone no plan B on that. Yeah. Like I very much am like this is what I this is what I want out of my life. Yeah. And that's been hard. You use it as like a coping mechanism as well, though, it seems a bit too. Yeah, yeah. It, well, I, I just needed to – I get so like much found, back It's like a foundation. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like my – I can't really meditate. I'm going to be honest. Like I've tried meditation. I've tried those things. I've tried those kind of gratitude practices. I, it's just not It's just not for me. I get the things – like I've read, you know, the books about – meditation and and what it gives you i get that from doing this golf journey from the improvement side like camera off me alone in the rain hitting balls that is my meditation that is what that is my center and i have found that and that is something i will do for the rest of my life like and do you do you feel like okay so right now for you is it because it's a steady, steady slope in this direction. Yeah. Is that why you love it so much? Or is it the fact that you're just like, it's just hammering repetitions is peaceful and mind, like it sets your mind kind of free or. I definitely like the challenge of improvement. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I like, like it's, it's, it's weird in my mind. I have no doubt that I'm going to figure this out. But how I'm going to figure it out is the puzzle I'm trying to solve. And, you know, the progress is not linear, but over time it is. Like right. the, the micro progress is like this. Like it's weird. If, if you looked at a graph of the last four years, it would look, you know, linear, right? Right. But if you looked at it from month to month, you, zoom you, in. you could see these, these yeah. kind of drop-offs. And... I think that's where I've learned gratitude. That's where I've learned a lot of these mindfulness things is actually in that struggle of, of trying to do something really hard that, that I know is really hard and is objective to what I like. Like you can't cheat the progress because the outcome is finite, right? Like it's like you right. either shot the score, you can hit the four iron or you can't. Yeah. You, you're either seeing – there's and that that's what I struggled with in music is that I couldn't measure my progress. So I would, I, you know, I'd mix a song that would get a, a, a ton of streams, but like I would trade that any day to shoot 65 in a tournament. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that to me means is more real than it's more success. Yeah. You. I'll trade any of my platinum records to, to, for better tournament scores in a second. Cause it's, it's real. It's tangible. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, but so, I feel like they're both a thing. It it is. Know? I guess it's just. It, I think one means more to you. Yeah, and it's yeah. and there's you know what there's no fugazi in golf like that's it's with, it's it's on you and I really like that accountability. You know what's interesting though I think, just from like a perspective that I'm seeing here is that 
you're, I think you're also forgetting how much time and effort you put into your past from your music stuff because you're, you're looking at it from the current time is now and this is what happened. And you forget about like all the time and effort you put into the past, similar to what you're putting into golf right now. And so if you just look at it, like, I, I think there's a lot of merit to, you know, having a, a platinum record or whatever, whatever your, the, um, the yeah. acclimates may be. Because I think that, like, having a top-selling track or whatever is just as, um, re- like, rewarding for some people as you hit it, shooting a 65 in a tournament. It's just a matter of um, perspective. I don't know. I, no, you're, you're right. You, 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 you know. kind of it, – it's interesting. Uh, like – and you're right. I don't value it. I don't – I don't know why. I don't – it I never – so f- sick of it. But it, it, but it all, at the time something. it never gave me the same fulfillment. It's weird. It was, it was weird. Like I thought, I thought I would feel More better than I did yeah. when those things happened. Like, dude, I remember, like, I remember the day uh, one of the Sean Mendez records came out that I did. I had like a full blown panic attack. You know what I mean? Because I was like, I, it, I don't know. It just didn't like. There's something about it that just didn't feel a panic attack and. In in what way? Like the the fact that you didn't feel better? I, I guess it was like I don't know, I didn't feel like I had earned it or it was like mm. like it was that it was good enough. Yeah. You know? Like it was I don't know, it didn't feel like it was a hundred percent earned and real. Okay. Because so here's a, yeah, you sorry, know? Keep going. No, well, go, I was go. just gonna make a comparison. Like what's your what's your best score you've ever shot in golf? It's that six under at Royal Woods. So that'd be sixty-six. Sixty-six. And then, do you do you look back and you're like, I could have I could have shot four strokes better. You 100 percent did, right? You're like, I left those four strokes a little bit, but I, but I man, I'll tell you the elation that I felt that day. Like, and I think that's I think that's where too. It's like, I, uh, I and that's where golf for me is just like. I, it's the only place where I can get that feeling of like, it's not tied to money. It's not tied to anything. I don't need the camera. Like I document the journey cause I enjoy it and I like yeah. people and like, I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't get to talk to you, you know, if it wasn't for some of these things, like the, like I really enjoy all of that that comes with it. Mm-hmm. But that, that satisfaction of being able to like, like, I practice a lot of four irons. Like you see my Instagram story. I hit four irons every day. In a tournament now, this is the first year where I can hit those four irons that I see at the range. I'm hitting those in a tournament setting. And I'll tell you right now, I would trade any of my music sessions, anything I like to hit more of those four irons. Even round, even rounds, like rounds with buddies. There are rounds with my friends that I remember more than any of my big studio sessions I've ever had with, with just my boys, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's just a, there's a magic to golf for me that I'm like, yeah. I'm just so enthralled with. And, and I, I just, I love it so much. And I, I kind of regret not diving into this earlier, but I wonder if I would have had this appreciation for it if I had done it. So I can't regret it cause I'm here now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, man, it's funny, like, obviously your game is much better than mine. Like, when I, I – my best score was, like, a 75, like, two months ago. And actually, funny enough, it was, like, I was walking and I finished around in two hours and ten minutes. Maybe I just didn't give myself 
time to think at all while I was playing. But like every step of the way of playing that round, I'm like, okay, it's going to fall apart. Just don't get excited because it's going to fall apart. Every fucking hole. (laughs) Every hole. And I'm like, wow, that was a great shot. Well, don't worry. Don't get too excited because the next hole you're probably going to lose your ball and hit it out of bounds or whatever it may be. And so like after whatever, like it was a par 70, so five over. And like I look back at that. I'm like, it was pure luck because you – Every other round, I, I everything the wheels always fall off. As where like this one, for whatever reason, I was just lucky. And I think there is a little bit of, a little bit of uh, luck involved in golf for sure. But but is it luck? There's also like the there's also like putting yourself in the, in in a better position each time. Okay, for me, for me, it's going to be luck based. For you, no. And here's why I think that because I'm not I, I'm not on the range every day working and trying to. Uh, redefine my swing and like perfecting it i'm just going every day to the, to the to the golf course and hitting my same shot and so like if i'm not trying to get better every day how did i all of a sudden get better you know but maybe but but think about it you're taking in a lot of golf you're still playing a decent amount of golf right yeah and even with that bad mindset you proved yourself wrong and in that in doing so right you prove to yourself that you're better than you think you are there is there is a better Caton Bittner. In yeah, there. my 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 mental is obviously terrible. So I, no, I think but, you're completely right. No, but I'm, I'm saying I'm just, my perspective is so. But bad. but I'm saying like but that's but that's what I think is so is so cool sometimes is that like because I remember being in that same position. You're waiting, you're 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 waiting for the bad shot to come to prove yourself right that you yeah. are not as good as you think you are. Yeah, and exactly. then you get those days, and this is the this is the magic right here is that you get those days where you actually prove yourself wrong and you are better than you think you are. And those days when you prove to yourself that you're better is like it moves you just one more up a notch on like does, on like yeah. life and like and that to me is the is the the shit. Okay, so here's an interesting um exercise that I've done a few times. Have you ever done a two ball scramble by yourself? No, but I should. Dude, I saw your okay. video. So that Doing a two-ball scramble shows me my my potential. Right. Because it's like, okay, you know, 50% of the time I'm hitting a decent shot, 50% of the time I'm not. If I can, like, shrink that number to 75%, I'm hitting a good shot. And 75% or 50, or 25%, I'm, not, I'm hitting a bad shot. Well, that's you're, – you're gaining that margin. So, like, what I mean by that <clears> – <throat> I think doing a two ball scramble just shows how well you could actually like your actual potential is um, because it's like you a it's showing your your mental ability like kind of rise because you're not having expectations as high as you normally would for yourself because okay you're like if I, sh- if I sh- fuck this shot up I have another chance at it and you just you just get better mental game anyways long story short I think you should try it out man I think you'll I think you would really like it and from whenever I do it, I come out of it being like, I think I'm actually better than I do think I am because I just shot a minus two today if with a two ball scramble. And so if I can just make those shots every time when it's not like, obviously there's different, like being able to read a putt twice is obviously a huge advantage, but it just, I don't know, man, it's really cool. I think you should give it a shot. hundred percent. It's really fun. Player, player. You know what? I, I didn't do that exactly exercise but i remember one time i brought my girlfriend out to the course and 
I hit a couple, like I hit some shots and then like I hit, you know, when I would hit a bad one, I would try and hit it again to see if I could beat it. And then I would like hit this way better version. Yeah. And she was just like, you know, you just got to get, you just got to get that player B to player A. Exactly. Like, just get player B to exactly, player A, man. you know? So it's, it's within. And, and I think like those days when you hit your best, it just means that the better version of, of you actually exists. Nope. And, yeah. and that's the motivation to keep going to the well every day to practice. Cause like when you start to see that more often, that's what's that's what gets cool. I think that's what becomes seductive about the improvement journey is that once you start to see that player show up way more every day, you're like, oh, well, how how much can I push it further? What what more can this player do? A hundred percent. But then, like, I always fall back into this mindset where, like, do you, okay, do you have those like weeks where like two weeks you'll be hitting the ball the best you've ever hit it? And then two weeks later, you're like literally hitting it the worst you've ever hit it. Or has your has your error slimmed down enough by now where you're like you're pretty consistent? So it used to be like that when my swing was okay. more timing based. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. So the, the, so that's the what you're, when you're, that's what you're working on now. Yeah. Yeah, because when your your swing is probably very timing based, like not knowing your swing and just kind of assessing from what I used to what I used to struggle with is like, if you take time off and then you come back, you got to like almost ramp yourself back up to playing good. Right. Whereas, um, I took 10 days off from during Christmas. I had never like, I don't remember the last time I took that many days off, not hitting balls. Right. And I came back and I was like, good to go within one range session. Because once you, once you fix your swing and you understand your swing, leads a lot of that volatility so you're like making it more mechanical versus feel type of thing sort of yeah like yeah there's just you know once you get your technique to a certain place where you eliminate a lot of that day-to-day variability right like the days when you're hot is probably because your timing's pretty good you probably had a good night's sleep or you drank just the right amount of coffee and you're all like your your nervous system is firing in just the right way that day that your timing is unreal Right. But then like three days later, you can go absolutely implode. And you're like, how is this possible? Yeah. And it, and learning how to navigate that took a long time. But a lot of it comes from not knowing your technique well enough and how to bail yourself out when you when you things start to go sideways. And then a big thing is you, you're just you probably some things in your mechanics that are just fundamentally flawed. And yeah. so on the days when you don't have it, yeah, it's really going to be exaggerated versus being Absolutely. playable. And I noticed that from all the good players I've played with and watched and observed and learned from, their bad days are still very playable. And that's and you just got to get yourself to there. Yeah. Well, maybe that's my next uh, my next goal. We got to get you out to we got to get you out here to BC. Yeah. After you after, after winning that up, green jacket. After you get the jacket. <laughs> We got to we gotta get you out here to BC, get you to Ryan Holly. We'll get that driver fixed in a second. Absolutely. We'll rip some BC rounds, and uh, it'll be happy days. I'm 100% down for that, man. Unreal, dude. Well, dude, this has been a great conversation. I really, I really appreciate really it. Good. And you get – this is this is the longest episode so far, so you get the uh, – you hold the record for 
for the longest episode. Jacket on the, for longest yeah, you, jacket. You, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, dude, thanks for having me, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to do this again. hundred percent. This is uh, unreal guys. I've linked all of Kate and stuff in the description of this podcast, his Instagram, his YouTube channel, all of his socials, please give his stuff a look. It is very entertaining and very fun to watch. Dude is awesome, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great chat. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me again. Awesome guys. I'll catch you on the next one.